Welcome back to Talesor. So today we are going to read Chapter 2 of The Enchanted Wood by Enid Blyton. Chapter 2 First Visit to the Wood The three children had no chance to visit the Enchanted Wood until the next week because they had to help their mother and father all they could. There was a garden to get tidy, curtains to sew for the house, and a great deal of cleaning to be done. Sometimes Joe was free and could have gone by himself. Sometimes the girls were sent out for a walk, but Joe was busy. None of them wanted to go without the others, so they had to wait. And then at last their chance came. You can take your tea out today, said mother. Your work world. And all of you. And you deserve a picnic. I'll cut you some sandwiches and you can take a bottle of milk. We'll go to the wood, whispered Jessie. To the others, and with great excited faces and beating hearts, they helped their mother to pack their tea into a big basket. They set off. There was a small gate at the bottom of their back garden that led into the the overgrown lane, running by the wood. They unlatched the gate and stood in the lane. They could see the trees in the wood and hear them talking, their strange tree talk. Wish, 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 wish. I feel as if there were adventures about, said Joe. Come on, over the ditch we go, and into the enchanted wood. One by one, the children jumped over the narrow ditch. They stood beneath the trees and peered about. Small freckles of sunshine lay here and there on the ground, but not very many, for the trees were so thick. It was dim and green there, and a small bird nearby sang a queer song sang a queer little song over and over again. It really is magic, said Fanny suddenly. I can feel magic somewhere. Can't you, Bessie? Can't you, Joe? Yes, said the others, and their eyes shone with excitement. Come on! They went down a little green path that looked as if it was being made for rabbits. It was so small and narrow. Don't let's go too far, said Joe. We had better wait till we know the paths a bit better before we go deep into the wood. Look about a good place to sit down and have our sandwiches, girls. I can see some wild strawberries, cried Bessie. And she knelt down and pressed back some pretty leaves, showing the others deep red strawberries below. Let's pick some and have them for our tea too, said Fanny. So they picked hard and soon had enough to make a fine meal. Let's sit down under the old oak tree over there, said Joe. It's all soft moss beneath. It'll be like sitting on a green velvet cushion. So they sat down and undid their sandwiches. Soon, they were munching away happily, listening to the dark green leaves overhead saying, Pish! Pish! over the time.
and it was while they were in the middle of the tree that they saw a very peculiar thing. Fanny noticed it first. Not far off was a clear piece of soft grass. As Fanny looked at it, she noticed bumps appearing on it. She stared in surprise. The bumps grew. The earth rose up and broke in about six places. Look, said Fanny in a low voice, pointing to the piece of grass. What's happening over there? All three watched in silence. And then they saw what it was. Six big toadstools were growing quickly up from the ground, pushing their way through and rising up steadily. I've never seen that happen before, said Joe in astonishment. Shh, said Bessie. Don't make a noise. I can hear footsteps. The others listened. Sure enough, they heard the sound of pattering feet and little high voices. Let's get quickly behind a bush, said Bessie suddenly. Whoever it is that is coming will be frightened if they see us. There is magic happening in here, and we want to see it. They scrambled up and crept quietly behind a thick bush, talking their basket, taking their basket with them. They hid just in time, for even as Bessie settled down and parted the leaves of the bush to peer through, there came a troop of small men with long beards, almost reaching the ground. Brownies, whispered Joe. The brownies went to the toadstools and stared down on them. They were holding a meeting. One of them had a bag with them, which he put down behind his toadstool. The children could not hear what was being said, but they heard the sound of chattering voices and got one or two words. Suddenly, Joe nudged Bessie and Fanny. He had seen something else. The girl saw too. An ugly, gnome-like fellow was creeping up silently behind the meeting on the toad shoes. None of the brownies saw him or heard him. He's after the bag, whispered Joe. And so he was. He reached out on a long arm. His bony fingers closed on the bag. He began to draw it away under the bush. Joe, Joe jumped up. He was not going to watch people being groaned without saying something. He shouted loudly, Stop, thief! Hi, look at the gnome behind you. In a fright, the brownies all leapt up. The gnome jumped off to his feet and sped off with the bag. The brownies stared after him in dismay, not one of them following him. The robber ran towards the children's bush. He didn't know they were there as Quick as lightning, Joe put out his foot and tripped the running gnome. Down he went. Crash! 
the black the bag flew from his hand and Bessie picked it up and threw it to the astonished brownies, who were still standing by the toadstools. Joe tried to grab the gnome, but he was up and off like a bird. The children tore after him. In between the trees they went, dodging here and there, and at last they saw the gnome leap up to the low branches of a great tree and pull himself into the leaves. The children sang down at the bottom, out of breath. We've got him now, said Joe. He can't get down without being caught. Here are some brown here are the brownies coming, said Joe said Bessie, wiping her hot forehead. The little bearded men ran up and bowed. You're very good to us, said the biggest one. Thank you for saving our bag. We have valuable papers in there. We've got the gnome for you too, said Joe, as he pointed up into the tree. He went up there. If you surround the tree and wait, you'll be able to catch him as he comes down. But the brownies would not come too near the tree. They looked half frightened about it. He will not come down until he wants to, said the biggest brownie. That is the oldest and most magic tree in the world. It is the faraway tree. The faraway tree? said Bessie in wonder. What a queer name! Why would you call it that? It still preaches the faraway places in a way we don't understand. Sometimes it still preaches maybe in witch lands, sometimes in lovely countries, sometimes in peculiar places that no one has ever heard of. We never climbed it because we never know what might be at the top. How very strange, said the children. The gnome has got into whatever place there is at the top of the faraway tree today, said the biggest brownie. He may live there for months and never come down again. It's no good waiting for him. And it's certainly no good going after him. His name is Creepy because he's forever creeping about quietly. The children looked up into the broad leafy boughs of the tree. They felt tremendously excited. The faraway tree in the enchanted wood. Oh, what magic there seems to be in the very names! If only we could Climb up, said Joe longingly. You must never do that, said the brownies at once. It's dangerous. We must go now, but we do thank you for your help. If ever you want us to help you, just come into the enchanted wood and whistle seven times under the oak tree, not far away from our toadstools. Thank you said the children and stared after the six small brownies as they ran off between the trees. Joe thought it was time to go home, so they followed the little men down the narrow green path 
until they came to the part of the wood they knew. They picked up their basket and went home, all of them thinking the same thought. We must go up the faraway tree and see what is at the top. Thank you for listening to me. Check out the next episode to read the next chapter, chapter 3.